It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning. Welcome in to another live edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick. I am joined by Alex Barnes from Rounding Five the Sports Hub. And the Patriots stole the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft last night. What a night. It's the first time in a long time I felt with conviction that the Patriots did the first round right. We'll get into all of it. I want to shout out FanDuel because we're sponsored by FanDuel. I bet 6-1 to odds a month ago on FanDuel. The Patriots' first round pick would be a cornerback. So that was exciting. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. Place your first $5 bet. Uh, and you get $200 in bonus bets. And so, again, go to it, fanduel.com slash Boston. Uh, that's who we are sponsored by here. So, Alex, let's get right into it. 17th overall pick. 14th overall pick, excuse me. Patriots trade back. Everyone's yep. like, the Patriots trade back again. They trade back again. Oh, my God. They always trade back. Three spots. I was like, good stuff. Fine with it. Pick up an additional fourth. Screw the Jets it, in the process. Screw the Jets in the process. Yes, they let the Steelers jump them for Broderick Jones after they – Man, you know, as much as we talk about the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, and I said they could win the division, they move back, they get jumped, and it's like, here they go, and then they sort of reach for Lucas Van Ness, in my opinion. So, it, crazy for no, them. No, they, they took Will McDonald. Oh, no, Will McDonald. That's even that more was, that, that was like a, a, a Cole Strange-ish pick by them. Like, he, that yeah. was... I don't know what what happened with with Nolan Smith, but you had Miles Murphy, I believe, was still on the board there as well. Like that was a bizarre yeah. pick by the Jets. I think they panicked. I think they thought they were getting Broderick Jones, and they panicked. Pick. That's Bill again. Bill doing it to them there. So, um, but they fall. They they go back to seventeen, and then they get arguably the best corner in the draft and a potential top ten pick in Christian Gonzalez. Um, so we'll get to all of it, Alex. I want to get your initial thoughts, but the one thing I'll say on that is just. During as it was happening, and as I saw Gonzalez keep falling, I was like, "Is there something here? Is there an injury that nobody knows about? Is there something wrong with him?" Because again, we've talked about it on the show. We thought that if he was there at fourteen in all our mock drafts, we weren't going to take him because that could have been a respect the board situation. It's right. Like, Bill, shout out we... to Bill for not respecting the board. By the way, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, why are we going to take Gonzalez here? He's not going to be here, and he goes. And so in my head, I'm like. This doesn't make sense, but then you look back and you know you think about how the draft went. It's like it just fell their way. It kind of just fell their way, and so um, a, a really good stuff. A six six one six two corner who's going to be able to lock down the outside for them against uh, a tough division, the AFC East, with you know top tier number one wide receivers. So uh, yeah, let's get into it. Your thoughts? So it just to the point you just made about why did he fall? You know, it's more alarming if all these corners go and he's still on the board, but you had Devin, Devin Witherspoon went at the top of the draft, which I think people thought if it wasn't Gonzalez, it was going to be Witherspoon. He went fifth to Seattle. And then you just had a whole lot of nothing. You know, no other corner went until 16 with Emmanuel Gonzalez to Washington. And I don't think Manuel Forbes or sorry, Manuel Forbes. Yeah. That's what I say. Christian Gonzalez. Emmanuel Gonzalez. <laughs> oh, I'm on like four hours of sleep here. It's early. Gonna happen. I, yep. and I, you know, Matt Groh kind of talked about it last night. I think that was just a case of Washington wanted their guy. Washington wanted, and yep. those are two very different players. They play the game 
in very different ways. This was to me, and this was something we had talked about as a possibility. I think it happened uh, in a more extreme form than we could have expected, but there's so much good cornerback talent in this draft. I think only four corners went in the first round, right? Yeah. After I was saying there was going to be like seven. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much cornerback talent in this draft. Nobody's taking a cornerback high. Cause you know, you look, you're going to get a guy like Joey Porter on day two. Now you're going to get a guy uh, like Cam Smith on day two, Darius rush on day two. These guys fell away down the board. So nobody was in a rush to take corners and that benefited the Patriots tremendously. I think you saw the opposite happen at tackle. Once one right. went, you saw them boom, boom, boom. And then uh, Darnell Wright goes off the board high and teams are panicking to move up to tackle and a pushed corner down, pushed wide receiver down. That worked out Why for the Patriots because they wanted a corner. We we talked about this. I've been saying this since free agency that they were going to take a corner. And then we heard, um, we heard Matt Gross say last week that they kind of like their tackle group. And right. as for wide receiver, they don't love the first round in this class. So the board could not have fallen better for them last night. That was an ideal board to make that trade is the cherry on top. And that is, I remind people to trade back. Isn't the problem. It's what you do with it. Yep. That's an example where who, so, you know, people are, well, they didn't need to trade back. Okay. Well, they did. They still got the guy. They identified they'd still be able to get the guy, which I don't think is a line for Matt Crow. I think they really did that because I could do it. I did it in real time. Right. And and they picked up an extra pick. Now, I thought the trade would have been 17 and 80 for 14. I think what yeah, happened. Yeah, good there, call on you on the sports hub. That was that was thank you. played GM on the spot. That was incredible. That's well when we're doing all what do you think we're doing when we're doing all these live mock drafts? Right. No, we're, I know. We're, uh, and by the they do the exact same thing. I don't know if they use the right. PFF simulator, but they sit there and go through this. Yeah, um, I, I think the reason they got 120 instead of 80 was it was just a buyer's market. Nobody wanted to move up. Everybody wanted to move back. And so if you're the team moving up, you know, right, we always talk about how the team moving up typically overpays. I don't think that was the case, at least in the first round of this draft, because nobody wanted to move up. So they they had that advantage. We were talking about it last night on on the CLNS Draft Central show, me, John, and Taylor, and like I, I and I understand the the idea of the draft value chart, and you wanted to get value and the price of picks, etc. Like I get the premise of it. I'm obviously not as well versed at, at, in it as like you are, and um, maybe some others. But at the end of the day, talking about value, if you're sitting there at 14, and you know whoever's on your board at the time, you can get, yeah. and you know. Three picks later, you could get one of Christian Gonzalez. Say Deontay Banks, they thought was one of their guys. Say Jackson Smith and Jigba, for example. If you know one of them is going to fall to you, you like the player, and you can pick up a fourth in the process, who cares about value charts? That's my thing. Like, who cares? You're going to – you get your guy, and you get your guy, you got you, – you get one of the guys you wanted at 14, and then you pick up a fourth – and that's a win-win in my opinion. And they do it with Christian Gonzalez, who, again, was one of the top top five players on my board for the Patriots. Well, I and look, it's not a gut fit. I, I, that that is a way you can look at it. Hey, we have yeah. four guys we really like. We can move back three picks, so get one of them. But you I, you can look at it a little more in that. All right, well, so we're gonna move back with Pittsburgh at seventeen. Pittsburgh's not gonna take him. Pittsburgh's gonna take a tackle. We know he's moving. Right. Although. Sometimes people ask me this. The Patriots don't ask the Steelers, yeah, who are you going to take with this pick? Like, that teams don't do that. Yeah, right. But, but they have an idea because the Jets were there and the Jets need right. tackles, et cetera. They do their research. So, okay, Pittsburgh's going to want to tackle. 
New York's going to want to tackle. Washington might want a corner, but it sounds like for Matt Groh, they didn't tell that Christian Gonzalez was not the corner they wanted. Right. So now you're in that spot where, you know, maybe a team trades up, right? If the Jets trade out, do they trade out to a team that wants Christian Gonzalez? But you look at what's going on all night and you say, nobody's trading up. Nobody wants these picks. I they right. they they read the situation perfectly. Yeah, they did. Um the other interesting, you know, just think about the first round in general, and it, as it fell, uh Christian Gonzalez obviously was there. A guy like Jackson Smith the Jigbo was there who uh we thought could be a pick. Zay Flowers was there as well, but I mean, man, just first round in general, two two running backs, B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs, go before any wide receivers. There's this huge wait for wide receivers, and then they all go four picks in a row with no awesome. trade with no trades involved. It wasn't like wide receiver went and people started. I mean, maybe the teams panicked, but they went draft order: Jackson Smith and Jigba to Seattle, Quentin Johnson to uh, San er, San Diego. Where the hell do they play? Los Angeles. Los it's Angeles. fine. Two running backs went in the top twelve. It's yeah. nineteen ninety eight. They are the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Zay Flowers goes to Baltimore, and then Addison goes to Minnesota. Four four picks in a row. The run of wide receivers go. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, the only tight end. Michael Mayer doesn't get picked. Will Levis falls down the board. It was again. You talk about the draft being unpredictable and one of the one of the crazier first rounds, I guess that you know a ton of draft pundits had said. It really it really did fall. Uh, pretty much well uh, different than you know we might have thought the texans moving up for will anderson was insane uh it, it was a yeah. crazy first round the other thing too as i look at the draft board and sort of pick my own brain about what actually freaking happened last night we talked about the patriots don't think tackle is as big of a need they they did it with the you know with their actions they signed riley yeah. Reeve, calvin anderson we saw what they did last year at the position the set and we listened to macro last week as well the second they traded 14, it was like they are fine at tackle in the first round anyway because Broderick Jones was really the only one left, and they were like, we don't need to take him right now. We right. can we can, we can, can wait three more picks. He's probably going to be gone. We're fine at tackle. We'll address it later on in the draft. Yeah, they actively gave up Broderick right. Jones in that trade, and it's exactly what you just said. Like they're, they, they like where they're at at the spot. Now, I, I still think they, they add a tackle at some point. Sure. Uh, I did a uh, mid-draft mock draft that's up on 98.5thesportsub.com right now. Be kind. I did it at 3.30 in the morning. I was going to say, did you sleep? I have them adding a tackle. Yeah, I so I got <laughs> I got to bed, like I think, like right at 4 o'clock. And then, you know, adrenaline's got to wear off. And then I got up at like 7.45 to kind of yeah. get jump-started on the stuff for today. So that's fine. Plenty of time to sleep on Monday, Tuesday. I was going to say, yeah. I, I think I was in, week. I fell asleep at like two thirty, and I thought I thought that was crazy. So I mean, God bless you, Barth. But um, so that's what happened. So I guess maybe what we can do here is project out how you think Gonzalez or how we think Gonzalez fits in the defensive backfield, and then we're we're gonna do a quick hitter here, maybe maybe a half hour. But we can also talk about um, potential day two fits, potential yep. day two picks that the Patriots can go and get. So looks like Gonzalez will be their boundary cornerback. Now we have. Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, uh, also there. Jalen Mills, um, and did I mention John Jones? Yeah. There's too many Joneses. There's a lot. Keep of it Jones. up with them. So, how does he fit in this system, and uh, where do they go from here? Does Jalen Mills play safety now? Does Mills play boundary? What What's the deal? Yeah, I'll um, uh, I'll bring this up to kind of start this this comment. Who's yeah. an NFL comp? Uh, Revis is extreme. I mean, he's that kind of player in terms of like the 
the style. I, I don't know that he's on that level. Um, the guy I look at kind of a realistic, you know, he can be in a year or two is, is Marlon Humphrey in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. You know, if he truly maxes out the name I keep going to is Steph Gilmore. Yeah. And, you know, it's you not to say Gilmore he's going to be a, right. That's not to say he's going to be a lock defensive player of the year, but we, we, we talked about this leading up, right? There's the, the ball Hawk corners and there's the shutdown corners. There's the guys that are, you know, boom or bust. They're going for picks, but they're going to give up big plays. That's not Gonzalez. Gonzalez is not going to put up numbers because he's just going to lock guys down. Like he's ideally right. He's a guy that runs with receivers, shuts down passing windows. He's not going to get targeted. So um, again, Gilmore's a little lofty. Like I hate using that, but like that kind of lockdown, bigger physical man corner. He's not a guy that's going to come out and ball hawk. Like he's not like JC yeah. Jackson, right? That's not the kind of player he is. He's more like it, it sucks. Cause every, you know, uh, shut down man corner that Patriots have at the top of their depth chart as a Hall of Famer. And it's lofty, right. but it's Revis, it's Gilmore, it's Ty Law. It's like, uh, you know, he, he actually, he's not quite there, like in terms of the physicality of it, mm-hmm. but there is a little keep to leave in his game. That might be one, actually, I think is a realistic comp. Um, it sucks because a big part of keep to leave was he's nasty, right? He did yeah. come up and punch in the mouth, and maybe Gonzalez gets there. I think the biggest thing with him when he comes in is they're going to have to, they're going to drill into him uh, the run. He, he's not a big contributor against the run. He's not a big tackler. And look, a lot of teams don't care about that at corner. The Patriots have cared about that for years. I think they're going away from that because the same was true for Jack Jones, Jack Jones and, and Marcus Jones as well. Not big run game players at right. the cornerback position, but with Christian Gonzalez, yeah, you're getting a lockdown corner, a guy who, who's a tremendous athlete, so smooth, glides all over the field. And he's very explosive. So, like, he can be a step behind when the ball is thrown. And he has that pop to put his foot in the ground and get off and close the window. And as his uh, instincts continue to improve, he's only going to get better and better and better with that. How he fits in the overall grand scheme of things I love having him and Jack Jones as your two boundary corners because you have both of those styles. Jack Jones is very much a ball hawk, that J.C. Jackson type, boomer bust. He's going to go for the big play every time. And by one's not, you know, I think shutdown's better, but some people would argue that the ball hawk's better. You have both, and you can scheme that, and you can game right. plan with that. So I really like that. When the Patriots are at their best, they have three top boundary corners. I go back to like that 2017-2018 defense, right? Where they had, yes, they had Stephon Gilmore on one side and J.C. Jackson on the other, um, or and Malcolm Butler on the other at one point. But they also had Jason McCourty, who was rotating in there in the third corner, as, as the third corner. So to me, now you have this rotation with Christian Gonzalez, Jack Jones, Jonathan Jones, but you have the flexibility to play Jonathan Jones at safety if you want to, which I think they might want to do. This certainly frees up Jalen Mills to play safety, which was the report that he was going to do. You have Marcus Jones in the slot full-time. You can now, though, if you need to, move Jonathan Jones back into the slot. Their best group, and I love Marcus Jones, but I think their best group right now is Christian Gonzalez and Jack Jones on the boundary with Jonathan Jones in the slot. And if you need to go, but you know you got to play face Miami twice a year. You can now put Jonathan Jones and Marcus Jones on the field at the same time to deal with those faster receivers. And not that Christian Gonzalez is slow, but like keep size on the field by putting Christian Gonzalez out there. So that's I, where the amoeba, the amoeba and the flexibility comes into yeah, play with guys like I, Mills and Jones. That's going to be 
Huge. Yeah. I felt, you know, coming in like their cornerback room was a piece away, like a glaring piece away. So I, I, I think it's a very logical fit. He fits stylistically. He yep. fits personnel wise. Like, you know, the picture, there's a very clear role for him. That's something I always say about the first round. What is the path to playing time? What is the role? How does he come in and make an impact? And it's very clear. I just laid it all out, right? What they're going to do with Christian Johnson, what his role should be. Um, and yeah, they got a guy that absolutely, they, they have, this is another thing we talked about leading up, right? We did it mostly tight end, but upgrade versus addition. Are you simply getting yep. better at something you already do? Or are you adding something you don't have? Christian Gonzalez is an addition. This is an element their defense has now that it did not have at this time yesterday. And that, if you do that in the first round at whatever position, you add rather than upgrade, you've done a fantastic job. 100%. It, again, it's it's a slam dunk. It was uh, outstanding the way that the whole thing fell for them last night. Um, yeah. Two two things as far as Gonzalez goes that I uh, question for you, and that's something I want to point out too. You, you talk about like just prototypical Patriots guys yeah. and – you know, someone who just fits the mold as far as personality. And I think he fits that to a T as well. When we talked to him last night and I asked him, I was like, were you surprised that you fell to 17? And, you know, some like, I guess, cocky, snarky cornerback ones would be like, yeah, I, you know, I fell there and I, you know, I'm here to prove people wrong. And he was just like, even keel, like, you know, it happens. I'm here and uh, everything happens for a reason. He was just excited to play for the Patriots. So I think, again, he is like, a prototypical, you know, a good guy for their system. And then yeah, the other so question. About, I, I, just on that real quick. And again, yeah. I, I hate to put this much on this kid's plate right away, but right. Stefan Gilmore was like that. Stefan Gilmore. Yes. Yep. You know, we think of like the loud vocal, you know, like a Richard uh, Sherman. Uh, right. I don't want to say it wasn't confident because Stefan Gilmore was incredibly confident, quiet, but it was a quiet, quiet confidence. It was just, yep. like he, when he had his, his press, his scrums in the locker room, this was back pre-COVID. We'd all just surround him in his locker. So you'd be like three, four, five people deep. He's like whispering. He'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to shut him down. I'm the best corner in the league. So, yeah. but, but then he'd come out and do it. And it was like, oh man. Like right. I, I remember talking, I remember talking to one player face. and was like, yeah, it's scary because you're so used to a guy trash talking and he's just over there looking at you, not yeah. saying anything. And it's yeah, yeah I mean, it's that. look, it's one introductory press conference. We'll talk to him again later today and we'll get to know him, you know, as the season goes on. But I did kind of get that vibe from Christian Gonzalez that it's just a quiet, quiet 100%. killer kind of confidence. So just because, yeah, just because the guy's not Richard Sherman doesn't mean that he's not a good corner. I, I like the quiet killer. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the vibe I got from the other thing. Speaking of Stefan Gilmore, speaking of Revis, speaking of Ty Law, does Christian Gonzalez wear number twenty four and get in the line of CB one Patriots with number 24, or does he wear number zero? Because Jack Jones says he's 13 and Gonzalez wore zero. What are your thoughts so on his jersey number? That's a great question. Uh, 24 would be very interesting if they gave it 24 would be interesting, but it is taken because Joshua Bledsoe has it. Oh yeah, that's right. As for zero. So, well, we know what number Christian Gonzalez is going to wear right away. It's going to be 50. Because right, they do correct. that in training camp. So yep. does Jack Jones get zero before Christian Gonzalez can take mm -hmm. it? Um, in high school, he wore, or sorry, at Colorado, he wore three and 21. Three's taken, right? It's Jalen Mills. Oh, no, yep. Jalen Mills is two. Who's three? Yes. Uh, oh, no, there is no three. No, Pepper switched oh, to he, five. He switched to five. There is no three. So he wore three in high school. He wore three and 21 in college. Who's 20, 21's Phillips? Yep. I don't know that three makes it through camp unassigned. 
But at this point, you know what? But at this point, they have everybody. Right. They have all their veterans. I think all their free agents have numbers. Hang on. Let me look this up because this is a very important well, conversation. And speaking on that, too, as far as uh, Jack Jones, if he gets it before yeah. him, I don't know if you saw it, but last night Jack Jones tweeted, I'm number 13. So I think he basically is saying, like, I don't want zero. I'm sticking with 13. I don't. Oh, want I thought he wanted the change. donut. He tweeted no, about the I, donut. He tweeted about the donut, and then last night he basically changed course and said, I'm number 13. So zero is going to so, be open for Gonzalez. Zero. All right. Yeah. So, well, 13, if Jack Jones switches, he gets 13. If not, it looks, unless James Robinson, the only players without a number right now are James Robinson, Chris Board, Gonzalez, and, okay. Like, as cool as it would be for Christian Gonzalez to get zero, and what I would say the O to remind everybody he's from Oregon, uh, Corliss Waitman wearing number zero would be sick. That would be hilarious. The backup punter wearing zero. Well, I guess he's still the starter. We'll see if they draft somebody, but I, 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 I think I would prefer Corliss Waitman get it to Christian Gonzalez, honestly. Interesting. That would just be okay. great. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be just stuff. a punter number zero would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, before we continue on, I want to talk about FanDuel because FanDuel is the lead sponsor of not only Patriots Beat, but the CLNS Media Network. And yes, we're in full swing with NFL draft season. And yes, we're betting on the NFL draft. But Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are also back because the MLB is back. And there is no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook, and they are also the official partner of Major League Baseball. New customers in Massachusetts can get $200 in bonus bets when you place your first $5 wager. Um, All you got to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston, and you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money lines, point spreads, to player props, and more. The app is super safe, easy to use. Bonus bets, uh, like I said, come up right on the screen, and then they also have promos every single day that you can bet with boosted odds. Uh, like I said, the app is awesome. So don't miss your chance to get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. All you have to do is visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball and America's number one sportsbook. All right. So they bring in Christian Gonzalez at 17, grab their number one corner, and they also pick up a fourth. Tonight yep. is rounds two and three. Um, they have pick 46, which is 15th overall, and then they have pick 76 today. They have four fourth-round picks to work with as far as trade-ups. They also yes. have uh, three six, four sixths and a seventh. Yep. What should they do? There's guys on the board. We've talked about it. Darnell Washington, tight end, scheme fit, I love. Josh Downs, wide receiver from UNC. Um, Brian Branch, if they want to add even more. DeWan Jones. There's a lot of guys. Matthew Bergeron. I don't know if they're going to necessarily trade up for Bergeron, but that's a that's a day two tackle that they could look at. Blake Freeland. There's plenty of guys here. So what's the what's the idea? Because and sorry to cut you off again and not let no, you speak. Good. But when we talked to Macro last night, Macro said we picked fifteenth, and he basically said we picked up the fourth and we have a lot of ammo to work with here. That that's paraphrasing, but he basically said we have a lot of currency is the word he used, alluding to the fact that they could trade up. They've traded up in the last five second rounds. Um, so what's the deal? What are they going to do? First of all, I cut you off plenty, so that's fine. Um, that's all good. They're moving up. They they are moving yeah. up. I, I think they pick well before the 15th pick tonight. You know, do they get into the 30s? Do they go into the high 40s? How far do they move up? That's the question. The guys I look at, look, I, Brian Branch is a fantastic fit for them. I just – I. I don't see them going secondary one, two. 
here. Right. I don't. I, I think they like the group they have. Like I said, they were one player away. I look at, I think Darnell Washington is totally a possibility. I actually, I could see them taking Darnell Washington over Michael Mayer. So because he fits Christian, Christian Gonzalez felt like a very Matt Grow pick. So we got to go with the Matt Grow playbook, which is good combine testers, elite, rare athletes, that size, speed combination, things like that. Those are the guys Matt Grow likes, right? So I think Darnell Washington makes a lot of sense if they move up. Uh, you were talking about tackles, Matthew Bergeron. I, they're not moving up for Bergeron. I would hope not. Right. The guy you move up for here is Dewan Jones. 100%. Do they go up to, you know, the late 30s and get Dewan Jones as, as their long-term right tackle? Um, and then Ch- Josh Downs would be the other one for me. Do they move up and maybe get him, make a run at him? Those would be the three guys. Uh, oh, and then uh, I should, and then the edge guys. I think edge is always a possibility on day two. Keon White, uh, Adebare, the kid from Northwestern. That, to me, is 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 – or the guys I'm watching for them to move up for here. A player that they could have, or was on my radar at 14, was Nolan Smith. I thought there was a chance that Nolan Smith fell out of the first round last night before the Eagles Yeah, I was looking like it. That was quite well, the fall. The Eagles have this brilliant strategy of just drafting national champions. It's so you, you had to know he wasn't getting back. But, like, where's the flaw in that? Uh, no, I know. It's great. Um, what do they have? Jalen Carter, N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Uh, Who's the other Jordan, uh, Davis. Jordan Davis and now Nolan Smith from that Georgia defense for two years? Look, that's insane. If all in the a good players, way. Insane if in all the players way. in the NFL are coming from college, and you draft all the players from the best college team, you're probably gonna have a pretty good team, right? Right. So, future Eagle Stetson Bennett. But I, yeah, those are the guys. Yeah, I yes, good answer. Good answer. I was waiting for you to react to that. Sorry, I'm. Do, those are the guys I look at. On, on on the uh for them i think tight end darnell washington yeah. tackle uh, uh dewan jones wide receiver josh down or one of these edge guys keon white at a uh those would be the guys i think they they maybe make a move for like i i wouldn't be surprised if it was brian branch because i just think in a bubble they probably love him as a player i'm sure he got a really good review from nick saban all of that it's just do they go i like Right. Do, do they, they go secondary back secondary to back? That's, when if it wasn't that, I would be like, if they had gone, let's say they took Broderick Jones at 14. Mm-hmm. I would be saying, at, well, now we'd be talking about Joey Porter, but I would be like, absolutely, Brian Branch is in play here. Right. Um, just looking at, you know, best available, at least according to ESPN, other guys, Cody Mock, Jalen Hyatt, potentially, wide receiver. Um, yeah, at that Jonathan, point, going Jonathan Mingo. Mims or Tillman or Mingo. Yeah I, yeah, I like all those guys better. for the, Hyatt just is so similar to Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, he is. You don't he's need two of those guys. Yeah, He won the Blitnikoff this year, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, because he torched Alabama. Yeah, yeah, fair. Um, Will Levis is still on the board, Alex. I know, right. and I don't, I'm not talking about it Patriots-wise, but thoughts on the Levis fall in general? Because, again, a guy who... At least according to Reddit, and I know that doesn't mean anything, but there was a little bit of smoke there. Not smoke. It's not smoke. No, there was nothing. It was Reddit. It was some idiot in his basement saying, I want to push the odds in Vegas. He was considered a top five pick. By who? By who? Not by me. Mock draft. Not by the people that knew. Remember, Mike Chiardi had that tweet. There were teams that did not have a first round grade on him. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Said this in the well, beginning. I I never forget the top half of the draft. I never understood why Will Levis was considered a first round pick. I never understood that. I thought I was going to be wrong because NFL teams are dumb about quarterbacks. Right. They got it right. Now, day two has a high upside. Like you talk about like the Eagles, Jalen Hurts pick. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense. 
Right. Because there is a lot of physical ability there to work with, but he's so far away. You couldn't use a first round pick on him. You couldn't. And the team's got it right. Now I think he goes really early today. Somebody's going to jump up and get him. But yeah. what about Michael Mayer? Thoughts on the Michael Mayer fall? Yeah, I I think he's uh, his game's a bit. I don't know if dated's the right word. Like he he's a big bully tight yeah. end who's yeah. going to block a lot. Uh, he's a good like chain mover, but I don't think he's a field stretcher. I think teams want more explosive players. I think they want guys that stretch the field, that get downfield, that can contribute so more in the passing game. First. Right, exactly. Um, and I think I like the fit for him in Buffalo too. I love Kincaid in Buffalo. Yeah, they have Dawson Knox. Yeah, they may, they may have been able to be fine with Knox at the position, but I think Kincaid just adds another high high quality pass catcher to Diggs and Gabe Davis. And I know yeah. you hate the Bills, so you're probably looking right through me. But I think no, Kincaid's I. I <laughs> I just don't understand it because suppose they they said they drafted him as a slot receiver, not as a tight end, which we talked about this with some of these more athletic tight ends. But if you were just trying to get a slot receiver in there, you know, all, all the top slot receivers are gone. So we took the best slot receiver. Take Josh Downs. Yeah, right. And don't trade Take up. Josh, right. And don't trade up. So I don't know. I, I it, like he's not a bad fit, but if that's what they were trying to do, man, there's there was a much better pick they could have made. Head and hook are still on the board as well. Um, yep. is he a better quarterback prospect than Will Levis in your opinion? Depends on the team. If okay. you're a team that's starting from scratch, Levis has all the upside. So you go with him, but for teams that maybe feel like they're a quarterback away or want high level quarterback insurance, again, the Raiders are a team I've talked about in this regard, right? Where if, and when Jimmy gets hurt and, and that's not to say hooker is no upside. Like he's going to be a guy for, for four or five years here at least. Right. Um, you know, I think the Raiders, the Vikings are another team with Kirk Cousins in the last year of his deal uh, where Hooker at the very least takes over next year, maybe beats him out. And I, I don't think he his hold on that job is maybe super secure. But, you know, if you're, I got to pull up. So those are the teams I, I see for Hooker. If you're a team like, uh, like, like the Lions, right, where you're still kind of building it. You don't know what you're going to do with Jared Goff and his contract. Um, I think it's going to trade up today for Jake Hayner. That's what they're going to do because that's just the that's just what they're doing. No, the Lions are going to draft a the Lions are going to draft a fullback because it's yeah. 1998. <laughs> um, if you're a team like the the Lions, if you're a team like the Seahawks, who is a couple years now with Geno Smith to develop a guy, like that's a really good spot for Will Levis. The Saints wouldn't be a bad spot for Will Levis. So. The, I think it depends on the team. Remember, my big, bold prediction before the draft was that Hendon Hooker would go ahead of Will Levis. I think because I think it comes down to team. I think it comes yeah. down to what kind of team uh, is on the board looking for a quarterback, what their situation is. Yep. Um, so that's basically what we've got for you all today. Um, Patriots, quick hitter again. Um, but the Patriots... I say win the first round. Yeah, you could say the Texans, and yeah, maybe. Yeah, it was the Texans. Yeah, it was the the was... Texans got the best two players in the draft. The Texans won the round. The Patriots did very well. They, they I, I think they the, the well. Patriots had the um, I had them with the third best draft behind uh, Texans and who? The yeah. Texans and the Eagles. Oh yeah, okay. I it, and then I'll go. I'll go with Patriots. I, I don't get Devin Withers when you have Tariq Woolen. I also don't think Witherspoon's a scheme fit there, as good of a player as he is. I, I was a right. little confused by that one. 
No, the Patriots, and as we all know, according to Ryan Leaf, Will Levis won the first round. But Ridiculous. no, pa- <laughs> Patriots had a had a top three draft. They did very well. Yeah. They did. Although nobody had a better second round in the first round than the Detroit Lions. Man, when we were we were live uh, on again on CLNS Draft Central, and when we saw that Jameer Gibbs went twelve, me and Taylor's faces were like, like we. I took a video of it because it was yeah. hysterical. Like I again, lost it. Me too. It's like. You could have take. They had what twelve and then eighteen, I think. Yeah, they could have easily had him at eighteen. Again, in my opinion, right? That I mean, that's with a grain of salt because I thought right. Will Levis had a well, chance no, to the top three, but like they had to take Jack Campbell at eighteen. Well, it's just it doesn't make sense. It's like two running backs go before wide receivers. Running backs are just the value is so shot in the league for running backs, and even Atlanta at eight was like okay. Bijan is like a different back. He is like, and I know you have Gibbs over Bijan for, you did for a while, but like, it just, it felt like they could have got him later. It felt like they have much bigger needs. They have DeAndre Swift. They have, they just signed David Montgomery. There was a report last week that they were looking to trade DeAndre Swift. It kind of flew under the radar, but that was out there at one point. It's just, again, that was just such a bizarre, bizarre move by the Lions. Dan Campbell had his draft. Dan Campbell had a Dan yeah. Campbell draft. Look, Jameer Gibbs is insanely talented. He is. He is. You could argue he is one of the 15 most talented players in this draft. Just pure talent. I think so. And they have a really good offensive mind there in Ben Johnson. So yeah. getting a guy like that, a versatile weapon like Gibbs, I'm, I'm more bothered by the Campbell pick. I, I, that one I don't get at all. He, yeah. There's no place for him in this game. Like he, right. he's age, he, the game, the game's passing him by. Um, right. I like I don't know. Maybe just Dan Campbell wanted a guy named Campbell. He thought it would be cool, like a big, big had fighting any, linebacker. Do you think they had any in, intel that the Patriots were going to take Gibbs at fourteen? It's possible. I I think the Patriots had Gibbs high on their board. I don't know about yeah. that high. I don't know that they would have had him above Gonzalez. But right, it, I would be shocked if the Patriots had no interest in Jameer Gibbs in this draft. There was there was a video of Detroit's draft room. Of them going ballistic when they took Gibbs at 12. As if, like, holy crap, thank God he fell. Oh, he's here. And it's like they're going crazy and high fives and chest. And it's like, he was, I don't know, who who picked 11? Tennessee. Tennessee was not taking Jameer Gibbs. It, well, it just, that was just bizarre. That was, that was uh, the They might have. They, they they started getting running backs mocked to them a lot late with the Derrick Henry rumors. Yeah. No, the worst one was the Jets freaking out over getting... The like I don't know that Will, oh, yeah. Will McDonald's a top fifty player. No, I don't know that no. he is. Bizarre. Second round pick, but I don't know he's a yeah. top fifty player. They yeah. loved that. A bizarre first round in general. But the Patriots again come away with Christian Gonzalez, my top corner, Bart's top corner, a potential t- uh, in any other mock simulator, a top ten pick. If the if the draft went over ninety nine times out of hundred, I feel like he's at least a top fifteen pick, and he falls to the Patriots at seventeen. So. Uh, there you have it again. I say a, a, at least one of three winners of the draft in the New England Patriots. And so yeah. um, we have day two coming up today, rounds two and three. Patriots hold picks 46 and 76. Um, probably a trade up. We'll see what happens there. Um, but I do want to – what are you smart going to add? Anything good? You see something? Um, no, I just – I'm having fun. Oh, let's go. Good. Uh, we're sponsored by FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Boston. Go to it for $200 in bonus bets when you bet your first $5 wager. Um, and that's basically that. That's the first round recap. Patriots win it. Two picks today. Me and Alex 
should things get crazy, which they probably will because Macro's yeah. on one. He has the last few weeks. Um, we're going to try and come back tomorrow morning for a Patriots Beat Edition. We'll let you know on Twitter. If not, we'll recap the whole thing um, early next week. We'll let you know. Um, so follow us on Twitter, at Mike Cadlick, at Real Alex Barth. We'll keep you updated on when we're going to be here next. Uh, and that's it. That's what we got. Patriots. Yeah. Chris Gonzalez. Good stuff. Feels uh, good. Any, so I'll tell I you. I was going to say, any parting words before we get out of here just on what the heck happened last night? We're still yeah, working on a- no sleep, but. It was a lot easier getting up today on three hours sleep than it was this day last year. I'll say that. Yeah, with Cole Strange. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Nothing against Cole, but. No, oh, it's I nothing against Cole Strange. Like, they, they just took the best player on the board. Right. They, they simply were there. The best yeah. player. They took him. You, you move on. It's easy. Seamless. No drama. A little bit of drama with the trade back, but a little bit of drama is fine. A little bit of yeah. drama is good. Yeah. So uh, me drama. and Alex will be at Gillette Stadium later on today. Assistant coaches talking, and then Christian Gonzalez at 5 p.m. with a nice photo up on the field. So, again, follow along on Twitter for all our updates and Patriots coverage. Um, And until probably tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., we'll let you know. But uh, we will see you guys next time. Thank you all for getting up with us, drinking your coffee with us. We had almost 600 in here today, so we appreciate it. 